I hope you have your Bibles with me, because uh, if you do, I'm going to ask them to ask you to grab them at this point in time. And turn with me to the Old Testament book of Proverbs. If you're using a Bible in the pew back in front of you, uh, we will be in page 538, Proverbs chapter 31. Of course, uh, the chapter that we just saw uh, scroll across the screen in that wonderful video, Proverbs chapter 31. This morning, of course, is Mother's Day, so happy, happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers out there. This morning, our sermon is entitled, A Parade of praise, a parade of praise from Proverbs 31, verses 10, uh, chapter 31, verses 10 through 31. I hope you're there. Let's pray, and we'll dive right in. Father, we thank you for all of your goodness. You are a good God, full of uh, loving kindness and faithfulness to us. Uh, Your promises uh, to us are true, and your gifts to us are uh, so incredibly kind. Father, you are the giver and the maker of all good things, and all good things come from your hands. And so this morning, as we set aside a day to particularly thank you for the blessing and the gift that mothers are in our world, and that mothers, our mothers, uh, the the mothers to our children um, are, uh, we don't want to overlook that all good things come from you. And while we want to praise and honor our mothers, we want that that praise and that that honor would simply uh, be a reflection of our uh, overwhelming joy and thankfulness for you. You are the giver of all good things, including our moms. And so we thank you and we praise you. And may you be glorified and made much of, even as we seek to praise and to give um, uh, credit and, and uh, words of affirmation uh, to all of the mothers in our life today. Spirit, be with us as we take a look at this uh, most incredible of Proverbs, Proverbs 31. We ask it in the name of Jesus, our excellent King, our Savior, and our Lord. It's in his name we pray it, and God's people said, amen. You know, of course, on Mother's Day, children like to do a little something special uh, for their mothers. My children did that, made her cards and gave her gifts and things like that. And sometimes they like to write notes, uh, little Mother's Day notes. And so I have a list of children's uh, Mother's Day notes that I want to begin with this morning. One of them reads this way from Angie, who is age eight. She writes this, dear mother, I'm going to make dinner for you on Mother's Day. It's going to be a surprise. P.S. I hope you like spaghetti and marshmallows. Robert's card uh, says this, Mom, I got you a turtle for Mother's Day. I hope you like the turtle better than the snake I got you last year. I hope she does too. Eileen writes, Dear Mother, I wish Mother's Day wasn't always on Sunday. It would be better if it were on a Monday so we wouldn't have to go to school. (laughs) Uh, Diane writes, I hope you like the flowers that I got you for Mother's Day. I picked them myself when our neighbor, Mr. Smith, wasn't looking. Maybe talk to Mr. Smith, right? And then there's this one from uh, Carol. She writes, Dear Mother, here are two aspirin. Have a happy Mother's Day. (laughs) Maybe some of you uh, this Mother's Day need a couple aspirin. Well, uh, as we saw in our skit uh, this morning that we began our service with, often what mothers really want for Mother's Day is the gift of praise, the gift of recognition, the gift of appreciation. And we intend to give Uh, All you moms out there, that gift today in our worship service. Well, honoring your mom, it's not just a good thing to do. God commands us to do it, right? It's the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother. But today we set aside a day specifically to do just that. And thankfully, honoring our mom is not just a command in the Bible, but it's actually uh, actually shown uh, in the Bible. It's modeled in the scriptures how to do that. And one of the passages we see that models uh, praising a praiseworthy woman and mother is this 
proverb, Proverbs chapter 31. So let's begin by taking a look at verse 31. We find out, excuse me, at verse 1. At verse 1, we find out a couple things. We find out who the writer of this proverb is, and then we find out the source of his writing. So who, who wrote this proverb, and then where did he get his material? We'll take a look at, uh, with me at verse 1 in your Bible or on the screen. It begins this way. <clears throat> the sayings of King Lemuel, an uttered and inspired utterance, his mother, did you catch that? His mother taught him. So, first of all, we find out about the author. Who pins this little proverb? Well, it's a man by the name of King Lemuel. We don't ever see a King Lemuel in the Old Testament, so we don't know if he is an Israelite king who's using a a pseudonym, kind of a false name, and then writing this proverb. Most people think that this is some uh, Gentile pagan king who who came to be converted to worship the, the God of Israel, the one true God, and then pins this proverb that actually makes it into the Scriptures. We don't know much about King Lemuel, but we know the source of his writing. So what we get in these uh, verses in Proverbs 31 is sourced. It's inspired by his mother. Did you catch that? It's appropriate for Mother's Day, right? See, we see it all throughout Proverbs. Throughout Proverbs, we get many times there is a father, oftentimes a king who is passing down his wisdom to his son. But in this proverb, we see a mother passing down her wisdom to her son, who is a king. So here's what we see in Proverbs 31, just kind of a quick overview. In verses 1 through 9, we see King Lemuel's mother giving him uh, a threefold uh, advice. First of all, she speaks to two major um, temptations that he might face as royalty, that of sexual promiscuity in verses 1 and 2, and that of drunkenness in verses 4 and 7. And then she emphasizes, son, here's one of your main responsibilities, right, in verses 8 and 9, defend the poor, provide for the needy. Well, that then gets us to to, to the lengthiest section in this proverb starting at verse 10 and running through verse 31. And King Lemuel records for us what his mom told him about the kind of woman that he should pursue marrying and the kind of mother that he should look for for his children. You know, moms, don't you, don't you want to have input on the kind of woman that your son, if you have one, will one day marry? I mean, don't you want to take him aside and say, son, this is what you should be looking for. Well, this is God's inspired record of a mom doing just that. And we get this wonderful picture of what a godly woman and what a godly mother and what a godly wife looks like in verses 10 through 31. The structure of the passage is is rather simple. There's really two sections. The first one is is a rather large section. First, he gives the character traits, the qualities of a woman that his mama said was worth marrying in verses 10 through 28, this long list. You could call it her resume, right? It's the resume of a godly woman. Then we see the response to that kind of a resume in verses 29 through 31. That is, how should people respond to a woman like this? We see her resume, we see the the response to her resume, and then we're going to replicate. We're going to replicate 
the praise of that kind of a woman by honoring our mothers today. So let's begin with the resume, starting in verse 10 and running all the way through verse 28. The resume of, of this woman that King Lemuel's mother describes is, is truly what every Christian woman, what every godly woman aspires to be and strives towards. Now, uh, we had a, a pretty good uh, a couple uh, that we were friends with in seminary, and uh, they were both in school. She was a Hebrew, old, uh, Hebrew major, an Old Testament major, which means she understood the Hebrew language and the Old Testament way better than me, and uh, she was teaching Proverbs 31 for our, our church at, at a conference, and so I said, hey, I really would appreciate your notes. Can you send me your notes for Proverbs 31? And she did, and I was looking over it, and she had some wonderful insights. In fact, she began uh, that conference the way I'm going to begin with you, with some helpful reminders for women in particular as they view the resume of this ideal woman. So our friend Gloria says this. Number one, she says, and I quote, the woman in this passage is probably no one individual, as it would be unrealistic for any one woman to have all of these character traits. In other words, she's saying this is a picture of what godliness can look like in a whole host of forms. Number two, she says this, this passage does not encompass all of the characteristics of a godly woman. In other words, this isn't an exhaustive list, right? It's just a picture. Number three, this passage provides a standard, a standard of godly wisdom for all women, she writes, whether married or single. So we're going to focus on it for our Mother's Day text this morning, but certainly it applies to all Christian women out there. Well, let's begin with verse, verses 10 through 12. Uh, we see this first section as, the, as the, the writer King Lemuel is speaking to the value of this kind of woman. And essentially, he highlights three character traits to show how valuable she is. Let's, let's run through these rather quickly. Number one, this kind of a woman is rare. She is rare and precious. Verse 10, a wife of noble character, he writes, who can find? She is worth far more than rubies. So this kind of a woman, King Lemuel writes, is precious. She's rare. Number two, but she's trustworthy. Notice verse 11. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing in value. So the heart of her husband trusts entirely in her character. Number three, she's committed to her husband's well-being. Notice what verse 12 teaches us. She brings him good not harm, all the days of her life. And for those uh, of us men who have wives like my wife, we say amen and amen, right? She brings us good, not harm, all the days of our life. Well, starting in in verse 13 and running all the way through verse 25, we see several character traits of this woman as it relates to her role at home, as it relates to her role, if you will, as, as a homemaker. Let's notice 12 characteristics. Number one, she works joyfully. She does her work at home joyfully. Verse 13, she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She works with eager hands, so she joyfully goes about doing her duties at home. Number two, she shops wisely. She shops wisely. Notice the imagery in verse 14. She is like the merchant ships, bringing her food from afar. So she goes scanning for good deals, and she finds the best of products. Number three, she's disciplined. Notice what verse 15 says. She gets up while it is still night, and all the mothers say, Amen, right? That's the rule of a mom. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. So she's disciplined. She provides for the needs of her family and for those in her extended household. Not only that, but take a look at number four. She's enterprising. Verse 16. She considers a field and buys it. 
out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. So she's enterprising. She's looking for new ways to bring in income and to provide for her family. Number five, she's energetic. Verse 17, she sets about her work vigorously. She sets about her work vigorously. She works hard. Her arms are strong in her tasks. Not only that, but she is a good steward. She manages her household well. Notice what verse 18 says. She sees that her trading is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. She's a good steward of the resources that she has. Not only that, but she is compassionate. Notice verse verse 20. She's a compassionate, caring woman. Her arms, excuse me, she opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. See, she's not just wrapped up in her own household, right? She's not just overly consumed with her own house, but she has eyes to see that there are needs even outside of her household. So she has compassion on those who are in need. Not only that, but number nine, she's prepared for adversity. This is an important one. Verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear for her household. And here's the reason why. For all of them are clothed in scarlet. She's prepared. She's prepared for whatever may come. Number 10, she's elegant. Verse 22, she makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and and purple. She does everything that she can to carry herself with dignity. Verse 11, she's supportive. In particular, as she relates to her husband. Verse 23, her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. That is, she doesn't hurt his reputation. She helps his reputation, right? When men come to talk with her husband, they think more highly of him because of her, right? Not only that, but she is industrious. Verse 24, she makes her linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. So we've seen quite a bit already about this woman, right? She, as... Uh, as it relates to her value, she's precious, right? She's, she's valuable. As she relates to her husband, her husband's heart trusts in her. She is trustworthy. Not only that, but she is fully committed to her husband's well-being. And then we have these 12 characteristics of her work at home. The section closes in verse 25 through verse 27. Specifically, how does this woman speak? What comes out of her mouth? How does she manage her household? Well, well notice verse 25. She's poised. She's poised. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She's clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. So regardless of the circumstances that come in and out of her life and her family, she's poised. She has strength and dignity. Not only that, but boy, she speaks with wisdom. Notice verse 26. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. Moms, you know this all too well. Your role of raising children and speaking God's word and God's wisdom and and, and discipline into the life of the children is indispensable. It is invaluable, right? Verse 27. She's responsible. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. She manages her home well. Well, that's a really quick overview, right, of the character traits that King Lemuel's mama says, this is the kind of wife, the kind of woman that you should pursue, right? This is what it should be. And he passes it on to us. But it's interesting to me because after this parade of, of godly character traits that can be almost overwhelming uh, to us, what, what kind of response does that engender, right? What, 
How should you and I, husbands, I'm speaking to you, kids, I'm speaking primarily to, to you, right? How should those of us who aren't moms, how should we relate to moms with this kind of a character, with moms who want to be this kind of way? How should we respond to them? Well, we see the response in verses 29 through 31, and you can't miss it, right? King Lemuel tells us uh, three times, this is the kind of response that you should give to a woman like this. You can't miss it. Three groups respond. Now notice, first of all, her kids. So children, it's Mother's Day, right? How are you to respond to a mother, your mother, who hopefully is striving to be a godly woman who fears the Lord, like we've seen in this text? Well, notice, her kids praise her. Take a look at verse 28. Her children arise, they get off their duffs, and they call her blessed, right? And so children, on Mother's Day in particular, it's your opportunity to bless your mom with your words, to thank her, to tell her, this is how wonderful you are. Thank you for doing all of these things. I appreciate you. I love you. Uh, Some of you have, have done that via video, and we'll show that in a little bit. But if you haven't, we'll give you a chance to do that here shortly. But kids... Kids aren't the only people who are to praise their mom in this way. No, husbands, husbands, husbands. The Bible admonishes us to verbally praise a praiseworthy woman. Notice, her husband, the text says, her husband also, and he praises her. And this is what he says. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Men, what is King Lemuel trying to tell us to say to our wives? Well, it's pretty simple. You could read it and say, Honey, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. And that would be great. Uh, but what he's saying is, is this. You're the best. I don't want anybody but you. You are, uh, you are wonderful, and I have no eyes for any other woman. You are number one, right? That's what he's saying. Many, many other women, yeah, they're okay. They're okay. But you, right? You surpass them all. So her husband praises her. But not only that, all of the people of the town praise her. Notice verse 30 and 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But but a woman who fears the Lord is to be what? Praised. A woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. And then King Lemuel tells us this in verse 31. Honor her for all that her hands have done. And... Let her works bring her praise in the city gate. See, honoring people in the city gate was kind of the the hubbub of town. It was the public place of business and government that everybody kind of went to. And so King Lemuel is is encouraging us, this kind of woman, man, everybody should honor her. Everybody should, should praise her publicly. Friends, before we move on to the application of our text, the the replication of this kind of parade of of praise, it must be noted that verse 30, I think, is is a key key verse here. Charm is deceptive and beauty is is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What, What is the foundation in the life of a woman who is this way? Another way to ask it is, what makes a woman pursue these kind of character traits and then become this way. 
it's because she fears the Lord, right? It's because she has a relationship with the living God through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. She has come to place her faith in Jesus and in Jesus alone, not in her good works, not in her morality, uh, not in her religious deeds. No, she places her faith in Jesus, comes into a right relationship with God. Her sins are forgiven. Her heart is changed. Her eternity is secure. And then, out of that relationship with God, she pursues God with all of her heart. She fears God. And the outworking of that relationship, then, is all of these character traits over time. And so, friends, uh, mothers, daughters, husbands, children, all who are here, if you have not placed your faith in Christ, then you should mimic the woman, this, this godly woman of Proverbs 31, and fear the Lord. Come to faith in Christ. And then you too can be transformed to become the man and the woman that God wants you to be. So, so here's what I think and I hope we've been waiting for. And that is the replication, the application of Proverbs 31. We're going to do it in three ways. First of all, I have a couple notes. A couple uh, notes that I would like to read that people submitted uh, in praise to their mother. Then we have a handful of videos that we'll watch. And then... Then it's your turn. So if you would like to say something publicly about your mother, about your wife, um, then please be prepared to do so. It's an open forum. We could get out early. We could get out late. It's all up to you. We'll see how it goes, but be thinking about it, okay? So here's, here's a note. First from Danny and Sarah Hardison. Dear Mom, you have always been there for us when we needed you the most. You were there all of our lives, even when we were children. And she wants to mention that she is very proud of her mother, who uh, just yesterday uh, graduated with her bachelor's from EIU. So congratulations. Congratulations, Kathy. I also got a note uh, from the from the Mall family, and uh, I'm going to read it to Mom with love, a little poem. Overworked and underpaid, laundry is done and supper is made. Giving her all but taking much less, should get a raise, but instead just more stress. <laughs> a teacher of many, a mother of three, a heart full of love and spirit so free. Seldom is thanked, rarely is praised, deserves an award for the children she's raised. So we praise her today and desire no other, giving glory to God that she is our mother. Happy Mother's Day with love, John, Marty, Josie, and Riley. Well done. Well done. Okay, so we've got some videos, uh, so sit, sit tight. There's about five or six of them, and then it's your turn. You're the best mom. Thank you for being such a hard-working and loving mother. Happy, Happy Mother's, Mother's Day, Day, Mommy! We love you! Happy Mother's Day, Mommy. Thanks to this and all your days for us. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, thanks for everything you do for us for taking care of us and just being a good mom. We love you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to you. Happy Mother's Day to me, me. Happy Mother's Day me, me. Happy Mother's Day. We love you. I love you. Good morning, Mom. Happy Mother's Day. I don't tell you enough, but I want to say thanks for everything you've done for me and everything you continue to do for me. Thank you for always being there. I love you. 
Um, I love mom because uh, she's always thinking about us instead of herself. She's always kind and giving and helpful to yeah. us. What do you like mom about? Uh, I love I, uh, I love my mama what I like when she tickles me and that was around all the times. And I thank you for this and say you did. So mom didn't know how you did it. Thank you. Okay, turn now, Scape's turn. Snuggles with me and makes the best food. Mm-hmm. And she makes the best, best smoothies of all. <laughs> okay, say happy Mother's Day. We just happy. said that. <laughs> happy Mother's Day. I don't know whose kid that is, but <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so. <clears throat> So as I said, now it's, uh, now it's your turn. So if you have been thinking and you would like to say something about your mother to her, even if she's not here, um, now is your chance. So go ahead and raise your hand if you'd like to, and I'll call on you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. That is a great memory, I'm sure. Very good. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Les. Wise man. (laughs) Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am.
Thank you so much. Wonderful. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Amen. Thank you to that. And that's a helpful reminder, I think, that uh, motherhood is not just uh, biological, right? So, wonderful. Thank you so much. Anybody else? <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Yep. Good day. Yes, sir. Amen to that. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you, Addy. It's very good. Going once. Yes. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it up, man. Keep it up. (laughs) Thank you, Griffin. (laughs) Anyone else? Yes, sir. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate that. Anyone else? Going once. Going twice. Okay, let's do this. Let's stand and close our service by reading this text together. Uh, Just a a fitting way for us to end uh, Mother's Day. So let's stand together, church, and read Proverbs 31, verse 30 together. Are we ready? Here we go. Charm is deceptive, and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Happy Mother's Day. See you next week.